0: This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonenflop, where we talk about manga and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering Temaku Cinema. If you'd like to read along with us, be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. Find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com.
1: Next week is finally going to be fucking Kino. You can actually use that word. Yes. And I won't get as angry at you. Oh, goodness.
0: (laughs) But this week we are talking about Cyborg Grandpa G. And we are joined by our guest, Maddie. Maddie, thank you
1: so much for joining us. Hold on, David. Hold on, David. You said the name wrong. It is Cyborg Grandpa G.
0: You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't worry. I'm not a death metal singer like you. That
1: was not
2: death. What the fuck,
1: David?
0: Listen, I'm jet lag. All right, Maddie, though, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, no problem. I thought you meant you said my name wrong, so I thought I was going to get a cool (laughs) introduction, but I guess not.
0: Now you have to, Jordan.
2: Maddie! Thank you. Yeah, I'm Maddie. My username people might know me by is oh, that's raspberry. I feel like your listeners might know me from the One Piece podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm. Them for a few years, but I'm also known for like Metal Gear Comics on Twitter and I work at the video game company Grasshopper Manufacture.
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: Which is awesome. I believe they are very closely associated with two to 51. I was
2: just going to say. He is my boss. Yes. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Now, I've heard you have to wrestle him as part of the interview process.
2: Well, you have to fight him, (laughs) which can mean whatever. But I did baseball bat. That was my choice. (laughs) I won. So that's why I got my job. (laughs) What's he like? (laughs) Exactly. I can't even imagine
1: how Suda51 is in real life.
2: He's he's cool. He's definitely one of those guys who's very authentic. He obviously has a persona when he's like in public, like he's very much what you would expect. He's very cool. And yeah, I'm glad
0: to hear that. Uh, I just love how he was in the Devolver Digital E3 conference, which are always like massive shitposts. And I think he played like a (laughs) robot or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's he's just like, whatever. He does whatever. Nobody can control him.
1: I love it. Now that's Kino. That's why he's so good. That's why he's so good. David, shut up. I have to get angry every time David says Kino.
2: I don't even know what that means.
1: Exactly.
0: We've got an hour and 10 minutes, so that's almost enough time to explain it. So Kino is the highest form of cinema. So essentially, you know, movies are the cinema. Cinema is to Kino. So, you know, that's just that's what Kino.
2: Can you give me like an example?
0: Oh, God. Everything Martin Scorsese makes is Kino. Okay,
2: I was going to say Back to the Future. I don't know. That's my highest form of cinema. Actually,
0: no joke. My wedding, our walk-on song is power of love and we're gonna have our guest book be signing the album. Oh my God uh, from Hugh Lewis in the news. That's
2: really cute and also extremely nerdy.
0: Yeah, isn't it? It's, it's gonna be great. I have to say I saw the Broadway musical of Back to the Future and it's pretty good, I have to say by the way.
2: Oh, that sounds fun. I didn't even know about that.
0: Yeah, it's really good. If you have a chance to go to New York, I I, ironically really enjoyed it. All right. But we're not here to talk about that. We're, <laughs> we're here to talk about Cyborg Grandpa G. So let's dive in and hear from Jordan some of these manga details. Oh, I can already tell this is going to be a really fun episode. <laughs>
1: So this is written by a little guy named Takeshi Obata. Here he is credited as Shigeru Hijikata. Some notable people they were an assistant for was Ryuji Sugihara on Super Patrol, Makoto Niwano on The Momotaro, which I think is a Japanese folktale. I don't know what that's about, though.
2: It's about a little baby that comes out of a peach.
1: Aww, that's oh, that's cute. Oh!
2: Because it's Momo, like Peach, and Taro, like the boy's name. So it's Momo Taro. Yeah. Oh, that's cute.
1: I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. And then he, like, collects all these animal friends with dumplings and stuff.
0: Excuse me, Jordan. When we're talking Japanese, it's kawaii.
1: Anyway, that's adorable, and that sounds exactly like five anime I've seen, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Notable people they had as assistants were, oh god, Nobihiro Watsuki, oh god.
2: Yeah, in my collar.
1: Yep. Roni Kenshin, also a convicted pedophile. <laughs> that was oh, Ash- God. Not him, but... <laughs> no, R- Kenshin is not, not a convicted pedophile, but the guy who well, wrote... not that we know of. Well, that's true. Well, they didn't convict him as far as I know. But anyway, fuck Watsuki. He had him as an assistant on Arabian Majin Bokutan Lamp Lamp and Rikijin Densetsu. Anyway, he also had as an assistant Yusuke Murata of Ice Shield Twenty One and One Punch. Man. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! That's some good shit. He had him as an assistant on Hikaru no Go. Fuck yeah! A Ando. Hey, Maddie, you speak Japanese? Is that A Ando?
2: A. Yeah. A. Hey.
1: A. Hey, Ando of One Piece Party. Wow. He worked on One Piece? Blah, ha, 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 no. He had him um, on Akaro no Go. He also had Kentaro Yabuki of Ayakashi Triangle slash To Love Rue. Ryo Ogawa of Ya Boy Kong Ming. Yo, it's Ya Boy Kong Ming.
2: I don't know the manga, but the anime has like one of the greatest openings. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's a super bop. Definitely check <laughs> it out. <laughs>
1: i to do that. And he had Yoshiyuki Nishi of Muyo and Roji and David bokeh on God. <laughs> one of the worst manga we've ever read on this fucking show.
2: Oh, God. Because Bokeh is like the comedy Bokeh. This
1: is like about like spirits.
0: It's like kind of like about yokai. Yeah.
2: Oh, OK. I know it was like like Manzai, which is like the Japanese comedy where it's like the funny guy and the straight man. Mm-mm. And Bokeh is like one of the roles. But OK.
0: That would have been a much more interesting concept than what Bokusan was about.
1: I did not pick up on any of that in Bokusan. The main thing I remember is that it made no sense and was a pain in the ass to get through.
2: Like, when was it written?
1: God, I can check. Give me a second.
2: I'm just, I'm like fascinated because it sounds like it was really awful.
1: It
0: was really bad. So the guy who made it quit and now exclusively creates like VTuber art, 2008 is when it came out.
2: I like looked at the cover and it's, that's an art style.
1: Yes, it is.
2: (laughs) It is indeed
1: in art style. The most arts of all time. Yeah. And by the way, almost all these guys, as I mentioned earlier, were assistants on Hikaru No Go, which let's go into his other works, which include Hikaru No Go. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Death Note. I've heard of that bakuman platinum end i don't know that in a, <coughs> school judgment <coughs> yeah he worked on school judgment oh
0: god so school judgment is notable maddie because we had zach on from one piece Uh-oh. podcast and it was it got so bad he refused to finish it oh it wasn't because of the quality he morally objected to finishing it because of some very i guess i'll just blunt and say it very explicitly the manga sexualizes like 12 year olds
2: oh that sucks
0: it was very uncomfortable to read and we had zero i we because it was just published in jump like there's no disclaimer or anything it's just treated like a normal jump manga you find it on the shonen jump app it was officially translated you can read on the viz app
2: that's so weird right
0: because zach's a lawyer so we're like oh let's talk about it and they're like yeah zach this is fine we don't have to keep reading this yeah we didn't know that it was gonna get that bad
2: did you actually do an episode about it and it was just like everyone was miserable
0: uh, yeah, it's actually episode 49 of our uh, show.
2: Wow. OK, that, I feel a oh, poor Zach.
0: <laughs> I know we. I, he's on our short list of people I want to have back so we can read something not offensive with him.
2: Get him on something good, please. He deserves
0: uh, it. Zach, if you're listening, we're going to try
1: and get you back on the show at some point. <laughs> Yes, that was unfair. Anyway, Obasa also works on uh, Showa Shonen, which... Translated by friend of the show, Stephen Paul. That's true. We were talking about how that's a really difficult series to translate because it's about Japanese stand-up comedy. Yeah. Max V is like our... So, sorry, for context, Maddie, we have a historian,
0: a manga historian called Max V, and he is like, this is the guy, like, when it comes to it, comes to manga. So yeah. he has, like, a bunch of extra trivia that he was very excited to tell us about. So, Jordan, do you mind telling us about it?
2: Oh...
1: Yeah, so on September 6, 2006, Obata was arrested for illegal possession of an 8.6 centimeter knife.
2: Which is like three inches. That's really small. Yeah, it's not that big. And like, is the whole knife that big or just the blade? It's like really funny if you imagine it's just like a three inch knife. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's like a box cutter.
1: Sir, do you have a
2: knife in your car? (laughs) How
1: do you even find it? Yeah. But yeah, he was pulled over in Tokyo for driving with his car's headlights off at 1230 a.m. And he claimed that he kept the knife in his car for when he goes camping. To be honest, a three inch knife. I can't imagine like it being that useful for, I guess, stabbing or camping. It just doesn't sound that useful.
2: Yeah, it's like he could, like, maybe cut, like, a piece of string. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like one of those, I don't know. I mean, that just sounds like a a crime in Japan because <laughs> it's very mild.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like the cop was looking for a reason to arrest him.
2: It sounds like he was just, he forgot to turn his lights on and then they happened to see he had a little knife, which, okay. See, yeah. this is the
0: kind of low stakes criminal activity I'm I'm fine with for mangaka versus the other people we've discussed before. Yeah, speaking of Watsuki...
2: I don't even know knife laws. I mean, you can have kitchen knives, which are bigger than that. So I don't know why you can't have.
1: Can you have them in your car, though?
2: Maybe not. Maybe you're
1: not allowed to travel with knives. Maybe it's too
2: small. Maybe your knife has to be bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> but yeah, it's the uh, Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. That's not a knife rule, you know? Oh, God. And then, Jordan, you might tell us the rest of the trivia? Yeah, I'll give you some more alongside serializations. Obata has also made several high-profile one-shots with collaborators such as Masanori Morita of Hello Baby. Hey, baby. Nisio Isin of a bunch of manga I've never heard of, including Ouroboros, and Osuichi of Hajime, which I don't know. Among Elvata's many accolades are the Tezuka Award, Shogakukan Manga Award, Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize, and E. I- award and topping the prestigious Konomanga Gatsugoi rankings in 2010 with Bakuman. Also, at one point in a one-off event in Shonen Jump, Bobo Bobo parodied Death Note, and Obata parodied Bobo Bobo. And I actually really would like to read that.
2: Sounds pretty great.
1: And yeah, his collected works have sold well in excess of 70 million copies in Japan alone. This guy, kind of a legend.
2: Are you guys familiar with his other work? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm totally not. I mean, kind of, like, I've read, like, a volume of Death Note and, like, a volume of Hikaru No Go, but that's it.
0: I actively read Shoha Shoten, actually.
2: Oh, cool. Didn't mm-hmm. he do Dr. Stone? No. Very different.
0: He's actually the creator. Of Dr. Stone is one of the most prominent non-Japanese artists working in manga guys, Korean. Oh.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Bachi, I think. Yeah. So he's actually a South Korean artist. And I think he actually doesn't speak Japanese fluently.
2: Wow. That's even more impressive.
0: His art is is extremely good and produced it weekly. You can see why they work with him. I would be actually curious how many mangaka in Shonen Jump are not Japanese besides him.
2: Hmm. I would say zero. Yeah. That's my guess.
1: Yeah. But to wrap things up, Jordan, you might spit fire in these publishing details a lot of manga details let's get into the publishing aspect this ran from may 2nd 1989 to november 28th 1989 31 chapters four volumes that was reprinted as two volumes the series it replaced was tuide ni ton Shinkan, which was apparently an 18 volume hit and the series that replaced it was ace by yoichi takahashi of captain subasa fame the series started at the same time as it was Hayato 18 Banshobu and Scrap, that's all capitals, Sandayu by Yude Tamago. Yeah, <laughs> Kinikuman. I love Kinikuman.
2: Oh, Yude Tamago is such a great name. I know. I just want to be boiled egg. but a great thing to be. Right. So his <laughs> name
1: means boiled egg?
2: Yeah. That's
0: so good. Oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're done talking about the details. So let's hear what actually goes
1: on in Cyborg Grandpa G. All right, let's start talking about the subject of this episode. The Kaizo family woke up with a shock one morning to discover that their grandpa had turned himself into a cyborg. He is now Cyborg Grandpa G, an elite farming cyborg fueled by methane gas and a fierce hatred of crows. After using his new cyborg weaponry and machine gun scarecrows to defeat the evil mayor of their town, Grandpa decides to move everyone to Tokyo to start anew and uh, they're not allowed to object to it. Their their lives are out of their control. Grandpa just fucking controls everything. <laughs> the family tries to adjust to their new place with Kay and I, the younger brother and older sister, starting school. Grandpa's insane controlling nature unfortunately results in them becoming cool delinquents. Meanwhile, Grandpa's old nemesis, Dr. Sharakube, has re-emerged to try to take over the world but cannot stop the extreme power of grandpa's cyborg farting body with his shitty son Inasaku creeping on Ai. It He sucks. I hate him. Yes. He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> K wants a dog, so Grandpa builds Gantetsu, a really ugly old cyborg dog. And Sharakube puts out a bounty on Grandpa for 5 million yen and a year's supply of orange juice. The whole town starts coming after Grandpa because they want that fucking juice. And he, like, literally kills a bunch of them. Yeah, people just die a lot in this series. <laughs>
2: That's fine. They
1: say he just annihilated half the town. The bounty calls out Cyborg Hunter Z, or Zeto, as they call him, who was so upset at being unable to watch a cyborg anime when he was a little kid that he dedicated his life to fighting them. However, never actually seen a cyborg, because they're they're kind of rare. And after grandpa defeats him, he decides to live in Gontetsu's doghouse and join the cast. Popcorn David.
0: (laughs) Grandpa soon decides to bring his wife back. And while he initially tries to bring her back as a beautiful 20-year-old self, Ganetsu pushes a button that resurrects her as an old lady with saggy breasts that are just going to be out there for the rest of the manga. I really can't believe he really was dedicated to that. They're just there the whole time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: God how times change they
2: love jokes with that
0: oh my god she is cyber metal iron grandma q who loves heavy metal and plays a bc rich warlock the most metal of all guitars i had no idea but that sounds like a pretty badass guitar
1: oh yeah it is like the metal guitar fuck yeah it's even got a floyd rose sorry
0: let's keep going a giant senile monster named Jijira has attacked Tokyo, sucking up the youthful energy of the young. Oh, sounds like the typical old person, right? Grandma and grandpa <laughs> fight back using Genetsu's transformation to steal it back and become their young hot versions. All through, they transform back almost immediately. After this, grandpa gains the ability to turn into his young self for 30 seconds at a time. <laughs> and grandma modifies her body to be young again. All through, she turns back to her old self when she gets surprised. It's kind of, yeah, it was kind of ambiguous. At, they say there's like a musical note, but that didn't make sense what triggered it.
2: Right. Yes. Yeah seemed like an emotion thing. Yeah, it was like if she
1: hears a specific high pitched sound that relates to heavy metal, she turns back into grandma. Yeah, it's it was a little strange. At, at one
0: point, Kay gets a friend who's a giant delinquent rhinoceros beetle who fights a giant stag beetle. And that's pretty cool. And man, shout out to Moriking, which is essentially <laughs> if that chapter was an entire manga in itself.
2: Oh, check that out, because that was literally my favorite chapter of this whole series. So
0: working is super good and it has a bunch of just it's a it's a gag action manga it's probably in our top like five favorite series
1: yeah that series rules High recommend cool yeah so shout out to luke
0: they fight an italian stereotype who loves golden spaghetti (laughs) and when uk and i's mother discover that ichiro their father may be cheating on her close to their anniversary they get in a big fight popcorn maddie
2: Grandpa makes a super youth regeneration potion to turn her back into her young self, which will make Aichiro love her again, but Yu refuses and talks about how she wants to have the love of 15 years. Aichiro hears this and they reconcile. But when they throw the youth generation potion away, Sharekobe, Kobe, who is just chilling in the trash can, gets it and turns back into his own young hot self, the mayor from Chapter Run. So he
1: could just make this anytime. Grandpa could yeah. just make this fucking youth regeneration potion. And it's like no big deal. Yeah, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But he he is continuously upset that his wife is old. I'm sorry. Keep interrupting. You keep going. I'm sorry.
2: Nah, you're good. (laughs) You're good. All right. The mayor from Chapter 1 returns, having now become their cyborg landlord. Grandpa fights him, and he reveals that Shari Kobe transformed him to defeat Grandpa. Shari Kobe kidnaps Grandma, who, as a reminder, is also young and hot now, and declares (laughs) that he will take her for himself. Get a flashback to 50 years ago, where Shari Kobe and Grandpa were Scientists in World War II. Yep. Kobe wanted to create an evil cyborg army while Grandpa wanted to make a bunch of cyborg farmers. Uh, grandma was Kobe's fiance, but leaves him for Grandpa, which drove Kobe insane. Grandpa quickly defeats the landlord mayor using the power of cigarettes before defeating. Am I wrong? Oh, okay, sorry. No, it's just he does. This, uh, just reading, just reading this all in one paragraph is <laughs> is kind of a lot.
1: <laughs> the series was kind of a lot, honestly.
2: Yeah. Before defeating Cyborg Shadakobe, despite him using the destructive power of horrible farts, everyone reverts to their senior forms and the Kaizo family wakes up the next day to discover that grandpa has forcibly transformed them all into cyborgs. Jesus the Christ. end.
0: And the adventure continues.
1: <laughs> the adventure continues, except it doesn't. Did not. Yep.
0: God. Oh, man. All right, let's take into the characters. Manny will do you the honor of telling us a bit about the grandpa?
2: So Grandpa his real name is Tokijiro Kaizo and he's known as G-chan which is like basically grandpa and that's also like part of the pun right because yeah. it's cyborg it's, it's in Japanese it's cyborg G-chanji so it's G-chan <laughs> but the pun also works in English cuz you have the G for grandpa so that's pretty yep. cool it could be localized if it really yeah. wanted to anyway he is a motherfucking cyborg isn't isn't he more of a grandmother fucking cyborg
0: Oh hey, that's true god yeah. Hey, Fuck! This is what happens when you got a professional in the house like that. <laughs> He's such a crazy bastard. He he
1: is a psycho, but also he
2: loves he loves farming. He does.
1: He loves farming so much.
2: He's like, I'm going to be a cyborg, not like, I mean, a normal reason you would be a cyborg. He's just like, I want to farm real good.
1: I mean, of course, it leads to him fighting because he, of course, in his quest to become a good farming cyborg, I guess he wanted to kill crows. So he gave himself a ton of weapons, which, you know, that that makes sense.
2: And also made like scarecrows with guns in them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then one fell in love with a human in a chapter that was not worth putting in the blossom. Right?
2: <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> it was good it was
0: not a bad chapter just wasn't plot relevant
2: it was also messed up on the website because all the pages were like out of order yeah Yeah. but i do like his cyborg grandpa how he will just like destroy he'll like try to help people and then he just turns them into robots and then they just like destroy everything
1: yeah like there's one moment where like an old lady skins her elbow and he just gives her a new arm (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't ask before he does any of this shit, by the way. He just does it. Oh, yeah. He turned his entire family into cyborgs overnight. Yeah, he took out a kid's. He took out a kid's brain in his grandson's like middle school classroom, just took out his brain and replaced it with like a robot brain. Have you guys seen that famous Spider-Man
0: comic where it's like, okay, where Peter Parker is like, you have super DNA technology, you could be curing cancer and stuff, and it's like a dinosaur man, but he's like, yeah, but I want to turn people into dinosaurs.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's like the plot of the original Mario movie. (laughs) It
0: is okay, but to move on, speaking of mad scientists, Jordan, do you mind telling us about Doctor
1: Shere Kube? Dr. Sherry Kobe, he kind of he kind of sucks as as an yeah. evil scientist. It's pretty funny. Actually. But he was such He's... a baddie when he was younger. Yo, he was hot as a kid.
2: Everyone in this was hot. Everyone. It's just like, hey, I think that's like part of the plot. It's like, just so you know, all your grandparents used to be hot. Basically. You know, it happens, though, right? Whenever you like first see like a picture of your grandparents and you're like, wait, you still look like this?
1: <laughs> I really like how Obata included these like transformation shots, like almost like an Animorphs type thing where it's like, so this is how Kubo went from being young and hot to how he is right now. And you see like the middle
2: transformations. Yeah, <laughs> like little explanations. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I like how his grandson looks like his potato, his old person form instead of looking like
1: him when he was young. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe he'll change when he hits like 20 because he's like 13 now. Yeah, puberty's going to do wonders to him. Yeah, puberty going to save him.
0: Yeah, I-, I do love how he is the embodiment of what is the word? Chang do- dogu. I probably said that completely bad. Are you guys familiar with that? Nope.
2: I saw you type it and I looked it up and then I forgot what it meant.
0: <laughs> so Chindogu, it's kind of like an engineering joke where people make interesting but useless inventions. Um, mm-hmm. Like I remember one was like it was a hat that had like a roll of toilet paper. So when you blew your nose, you would always have it accessible to you.
2: <laughs> I feel like in the early 2000s, there was this book called Unuseless Japanese Inventions, yeah. which had a bunch of those. It's very much of the like, isn't Japan weird? And it was like presenting these things like they weren't jokes, but they're obviously jokes. So.
0: One invention that actually blew up that was created was the selfie stick.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
0: But part of Chingdogu is you cannot patent your inventions. So that person was like,
1: oh, fuck, I probably could have made millions of dollars from inventing the selfie stick.
2: Bummer. That just
1: reminds me of like this, this famous art piece where they were trying to make useless inventions. And it's just like a fuzzy teacup, like a teacup, like covered in like fuzzy carpet. Is
2: it fuzzy on the inside? Yes. Oh.
1: Don't use it. It's an art piece. That's that's the point. Yeah. I see. So also, the doctor is a huge pervert, as is grandpa. Actually. Oh yeah. No, they're all perverts.
2: I mean, it's very, it's very of that era, right? Yeah. The the pervy humor. If there is
1: one thing that I've learned from manga, it's that all old men are disgusting perverts. That's true. Yeah. Fair. Oh, man. And also all
0: old women are also kind of absolutely crazy. So I'll dive into Grandma Q. So it's kind of weird how it said in the first chapter she disappeared mysteriously, but I guess they completely dropped that element because he's like, oh, yeah, I had
1: her brain this whole time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: he just pickled her brain.
2: Yeah, I guess he just kind of changed the mind on that one. I was like, ooh, mystery. And then it's like, just kidding.
0: Yeah, she is great. She loves metal now because her robot process got fucked up. I think it is funny how she kind of it's like a Rama one half where I guess, yeah, when she gets certain emotional, she turns back into an old lady. But again, they're robots. So I don't really understand how any of this works, but whatever.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a humor manga. So it's, you know, don't think about it too hard.
0: Yeah. Did you guys have any additional thoughts on Grandma Q?
1: Yes. So Grandma Q, you know, if there's another thing that we know about old people is that they shit themselves all the time. And that is what she does when she first appears like immediately. Also, Grandma Q, of course, look, since they're an old straight couple, Grandma and Grandpa hate each other like boomer humor. Yeah. As they absolutely do.
2: Don't you hate your wife?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wife bad. Don't you hate your wife? Oh, my wife is awful.
2: Didn't you get married under duress?
1: (laughs) Oh, God. It's like so awful. Just get a divorce, guys. You clearly are terrified of each other. You're terrified of your wife. Just you don't have to live like this,
0: guys. Oh, man. Speaking of terrible things, why don't we dive into why it failed? So, Jordan, as we were shitting on old people, why don't you keep this up by shitting on well, shitting on this manga. So tell us what were some things you didn't like about it? These chapters are too long. Yeah. Mm. They kill the joke a lot of the time. That was my big thing is it's this should have been like, well, the 15 page chapters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it struggles with trying to have complex plots while being basically a gag manga. And so mm-hmm. it's like, what are you really going for?
0: Yeah. There's only one manga I've really ever read that is a gag manga that really is able to have complex plots. And Jordan, can you guess what manga I'm going to say? Hey, Gravity Boys? No, Witch
1: Watch. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking great series. That's more of like a sitcom than just a straight up gag manga, though. I think that's why uh, it works. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah, but I completely agree. It's just like the joke is funny at first and then you're like, Do you keep doing it.
2: Yeah, it's kind of episodic, but it's like the plot of most chapters is like, here's a problem. Here's the funny way it gets handled by Cyborg Grandpa with funny robot technology. You know, you just can't do a whole lot with that after a time
0: because every single punchline is isn't grandpa zany which I can yeah. see working but it's like I can't read 22 pages of grandpa literally kind of making the same joke at least three or four times in the same chapter
2: there's a handful of chapters I was actually surprisingly like the two-parter Godzilla parody I thought was one of the best yeah. ones yeah. and it was like just the the jokes about like old Godzilla were really funny like it's like oh he like uses Tokyo Tower as a walking stick and, like <laughs> yeah. it was just it was just very silly and like it was like oh godzilla is coming and then he's just like old godzilla and <laughs> i was i like that mm. one so yeah there were like a few standout chapters but like i would say like 80% of it's like totally forgettable though
1: i would agree
0: yeah i also think not really to the humor or the pacing is none of the characters besides grandpa really have eight, there's zero character development really
2: Yeah, it's. I thought because like after so the first chapter, I'm like, okay, like where, what are they gonna do with this? Like, where can you go with this plot? And then the next couple chapters where it's like, oh, both the kids turn into delinquents. I was like, okay, that's funny. I like that. And then you have like the scientist thing going on in the background, which gives some plots. But I think as far as characters go, I thought Zeto was like one of the best characters as far (laughs) as having kind of drive and personality.
0: But he like rarely, so rarely shows up, which is a shame.
2: Yeah, because I I feel like whenever he comes up, it's usually funny because he's just kind of a loser, and he's like supposed to be a cyborg hunter, but he like actually just wants to be a cyborg. Yeah, and then just the fact that he lives in their doghouse, he's just kind of like hanging out there sometimes. Like, okay. Yeah, and he made
0: like a cyborg suit out of like kitchen utensils, and it still works. Like
2: his like cod piece is a little kettle, so he has like a little kettle dick, and it's really funny.
1: <laughs> I love the designs in this series, honestly.
2: Yeah, but we're talking about why we don't like yeah, it right well, now. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into something Ooh, about nice. that. None of that. Sometimes
1: Grandpa is such an asshole that it goes from me finding it funny to me just hating him. Again, it's because these chapters just go so long. They have to like repeat the same joke over and over again, where Grandpa is just like very controlling of his granddaughter. He has to like like kind of stalk her on a date
2: I think part of that is it, it kind of suffers from the era a bit as well mm-hmm. just because yeah, yeah, like late 80s Japan. Oh yeah, had yeah. Issues.
0: There's just no respect for body autonomy and then are, and I feel like that really embodies the fact that there this is a gag manga that has a chapter where you literally see attempted date rape in it and it's such like a tonal whiplash where it's like it's yeah definitely manga can talk about things, but I feel like it doesn't handle it very well and it doesn't really even take it that seriously.
2: It's like that issue of like, oh, this was a thing you could joke about in 1989. Obviously, it was not appropriate, but like you could get away with it. And now it's just kind of like, that's gross.
0: Yeah. Also, I think my last thing is I feel like the series really struggled that it was trying not to be Dr. Slump. And it, Dr. Slump left such a big shadow that I feel a lot of these issues are because he was like, I can't do anything that Dr. Slump is trying to do, like with the character setting. And so he's like, well, Dr. Slump focuses more on the supporting cast and Dr. Slump. Let's make it where it's all about zany robot dad. And that's where you can see it's just like he really didn't have enough material in this kind of topic without, especially at this point when Dr. Slump was really big, to feel like he could do his own thing.
2: So I have a question. Is this the only manga that obata has written as well as illustrated because like everything else he does after this he's just the illustrator right
0: i don't know i believe that
1: is the case that's crazy
2: because that's, it's so interesting because I feel like he, you know, everything after this Death Note, Bakuman, et cetera, are a little, uh, a little like more serious, obviously. And so it's interesting to see that he started writing this gag manga. And I think he's, he's a lot more successful at humor than he is at plots. And I mean, I'm, I'm a simpleton who like laughs at fart jokes very easily. <laughs> and, and so I, a lot of the humor I thought was really good, but then like the plots themselves weren't as well put together.
1: Oh, I mean, you touched on it earlier, which is like a lot of this manga is just completely forgettable, like because Mm -hmm. it is like the same joke over and over again in a lot of these chapters. It's very clear that Obaza is struggling to pull out new stuff. I agree. Like when Z shows up, he really helps the manga because before that, it's like it's just grandpa. It's just grandpa's ugly dog. It's like doing the same thing over and over again.
2: Yeah. yeah. It just it, it seems like it kind of runs out of ideas pretty quick, which isn't surprising because when you get the plot, which is like cyborg farming grandpa, you're like, well, where could this possibly go? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, though, on the topic, though, how it does have some good jokes and sometimes it's funny. Let's actually formally get into that where, Manny, I'd really love to hear what were the things that you enjoyed about the series?
2: So, yeah, obviously, I mean, because it is Obata, the art is great. And I mean, oh. he made this when he was 20, I think, which is like insane because the artwork is it's just phenomenal. Like I mentioned, because he, you know, he usually uh, after this, he worked on more serious stuff. His like humor, his faces that he draws are so funny. Like he's really good at drawing funny expressions and like drawing gags. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the art yeah. the art's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Between the gag stuff and, like, the really detailed cyborg stuff, it's it's good.
0: This is, like, peak 80s art, but not, like, in a bad way. Like, this just embodies what the style was at the time in, like, a master class. And it's so cool that he's
1: still, to this day, is still drawing to that degree. Mm-hmm. Also, I is serving some looks, you know?
2: She's very cute.
1: Mm-hmm. She got some cool looks, you know?
2: Yeah, and I just, I do love the, the delinquent thing. I it's love so when good. they, like, the son, like, K, he, like, is like, oh, he's a delinquent now, so he just wears sunglasses from that point on, and it's so funny.
0: And he's, he's, he has, like, a candy cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love when gag manga have continuity like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Slump, to bring that back, had a scene where the doctor had got a haircut as, like, a joke, and he kept that haircut.
2: That's great. And
0: I was like, that's awesome. I love that it wasn't, like, a weird reset. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah no that's really good
0: also as we talked about the more the Moroking cha- chapter was definitely the
1: best chapter so good
2: so good yeah i mean so like japan loves their freaking beetles yeah it's like this whole thing in japan it's like any kind of thing you deal with that has to do with kids it's always about their beetles and their rhinoceros beetles and blah blah blah
1: i want to say that that's where like the idea of the idea for pokemon came from
2: yeah, that's totally true. It's it's a huge thing and they have like they all know there's this really famous entomologist, Jean-Henri Fabre, who's like for some reason really like I don't know, like all the Japanese kids learn about him. He's French, but like all the yeah. Japanese kids learn about him and like every family has like the designated Fabre. And it's like this is the person in our family who deals with the bugs. So it's like whenever there's a cockroach, it's like like this is our this is our designated person.
1: <laughs> oh
2: god. And it's like cuz Japan, I don't think it's technically tropical, but it is like that Island weather that makes the bugs really big. Yeah. So
1: I'm pretty sure a lot of like samurai armor is inspired by beetles, too, you know? Really?
2: they're cool. The beetles are just like a a big part of Japanese culture. And yeah, this chapter, it was easily my favorite. So good. Because it's like, he's like, oh, what happens? Like his bug gets stolen? His rhinoceros beetle gets stolen or something. And then it's because grandpa's like, I'm going to make this bug into a big, he he has like a thing that makes things big all of a sudden, and they're all eating giant watermelon. And he's like, I'm going to make your bug all big. (laughs) And then he's like, now you have a giant rhinoceros beetle friend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he just puts on sunglasses. he,
2: He gives him his sunglasses yeah
1: chills out and the sunglasses shrink when he becomes small again (laughs) oh man and then there's like an evil stag beetle that gets huge and they have to fight yeah
2: it was just all around good
1: K hanging out with like the giant rhino beetle is probably my favorite part of the entire
2: manga yeah i love that
1: Also, like, I got to say the ending where it gets into the plot actually was like pretty good. I'm going to be honest. It kind of drew me in a little bit. The mayor came back. I was not expecting that. Right?
2: Yeah, that was cool. It is interesting because it's like, I'm sure he knew that they were ending. So he's like, well, I'm going to give this like a decent ending. And so he kind of made it a little more serious, but it was also done fairly well.
1: In those final few chapters, you really see Obata's art chops, like just come out full force. Yeah. And I mean, one of the best things is that it made him realize
0: that he's much more talented as an artist. I mean, that's the thing is we've read a few series from creators where they really learn the right lessons from their failed. Like, mm. Maddie, are you familiar with Love is War? Mm-mm. So, for instance, that's a manga where essentially called Instant Bullet, where it's about high schools with superpowers. But there's a chapter where they just kind of do hijinks for three chapters. And that was overwhelmingly the best part. And essentially, what he did it was like he just made a full series out of the best part of that
1: yeah
2: that's great yeah i mean that happens a lot in games too where it's like there'll be like a side section or like kind of like a mini game or side quest and then they'll be like oh this is actually better than (laughs) the main game so we're just gonna take this and turn it into a game so it's it's always nice when people can like realize and like have that it's it's hard to like have the willpower to kind of change direction and be like wait this is what i'm good at i'm gonna (laughs) do this
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, one last thing I just wanted to add, like, aside from being drawn really well, I fucking love these cyborg designs. They're very well thought out, you know? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're really cool.
0: You can really see that there's, like, structure to them and moving pieces, and it's not just, like, generic robot stuff that wouldn't make sense in real life. Yeah, it's not just covered in greebles and shit. And then I think to, to go a little bit back to what Maddie's point about taking some of the good parts of it and making something new. Why don't we pivot into where it could have gone and really talk about how we could have kind of rectified the series and made it a bit better than it was? All right. So I'll, 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 I'll kick this topic off where actually Jordan is talking about. Like, I think it would have been cool if this had gone more into the weeds about the robotic stuff and just like actually, like he clearly had a lot of thought into these machines and maybe just fuck it, actually say like some of the parts about how these are and not just be like side content because I think that's that's just an interesting topic though. I, I know it's a big. Asked for the offer to actually understand robotics, but that is something that cool, that would have been cool to see.
1: I kind of disagree. Well,
0: well, fuck you too, buddy. Yeah,
1: fuck you. What I think instead, I would have liked to see this series have a little bit more heart. Like, I think that's kind of what high school family does correctly. It like shows characters really caring about each other. I would have loved to have seen grandpa like actually genuinely like care about his family and like, yeah, like some character development where he realizes, wow, I'm kind of fucking these people. People up. Maybe I should try and be better. And you know, he could still pull out stupid hijinks from that. Absolutely. But no, nah, instead, he's he's the same from start to finish. And it just seems like he's an asshole.
2: Yeah, I think it it suffered because it was straddling between being a gag manga and having more complex plots. And it needed to kind of either go in one direction, either need to be shorter and just stupider and funnier, or it needed to go a little more intricate into the plots and designs and complexities of the characters.
0: If you were to pick a direction, which one would you have gone with?
2: I would go fun. Yeah. Mm. Because I think Obata's humor is very good. And I think his humorous drawings are very good. And I don't know if he's as talented as a writer as he is to have gone into that more depth plot.
0: Yeah, I I think this having short like well, 15, like almost like a spy versus spy style comic where what if it's just like the hijinks of him versus the evil scientist is like the core plot and then really going into that do stuff where they're just making weird ass inventions and finding like stupid usages for these like super over engineered devices.
2: Yeah, I, I do like, like, one of my favorite things was when the grandpa just like turns people into stuff. He just like is like, oh, sorry, child, here, you're a robot now. Cause he turned like one kid, he gave him like a jet plane body or something. I don't know. I don't remember exactly.
1: Like, shit, I killed this kid. Well, don't worry. I gave him a cyborg body. There we go. He's all right.
2: Now he's a little airplane boy. (laughs) You're
1: welcome. (laughs) But no, I was kind of like thinking, well, what if this went in a one punch man kind of direction where grandpa was just as silly and goofy and like zany as he is here. But like the villains were like super serious. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting, though. I do like, yeah, like most of the time, Dr. What's face? I didn't. I was just kind of whatever. But there was one where they found out that like grandpa's weakness was cold. Yeah. And so they were like putting him in an ice bath. <laughs> and then like the final thing they did was they like fed him shaved ice. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was really like, yeah, I don't know. I just think the humor is, is where it excelled. So,
1: yeah, that's fair. I, I do think that going into a shorter gag manga probably would have been the best option here. I
2: really. But also it's like, I just don't think this concept could last very long. Yeah. Again, ultimately, it's one
1: joke, you know, yeah. If this was shorter, you could have gotten a little bit more mileage out of that joke. But eventually it would have gotten old. And yeah, like, I think that if these thirty one chapters were like half the length, I would really like this series a lot more,
0: yeah, I, I think it's also this is a very hard series to read in like a giant block because it clearly yeah. was not designed for someone to binge it. But it's like if you can't binge it, it's like that's like a very flimsy excuse, though, yeah. They sell volumes, so people are going to binge the
1: series. It doesn't help that it's translated very poorly. Yeah.
2: Gosh, I mean, I don't want to get into all like being angry about bad translations oh. because it was obviously just like a volunteer translation, yes. now, mm. you know, because that's all you have. But still, one of the things is like he he's an old grandpa and he grumbles a lot. And in Japanese, they that sound they make is like written as like M-U-U, like moo. But it's mm. like supposed to be like a, like a grumble. But yeah. like it, they just left it as moo. And so it just he just sounds like a cow the whole time. <laughs> he's just like going moo, moo. And I'm like, no, that's not what the sounds supposed to be. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: And there are speech bubbles they just forgot to put text in.
2: Because I I feel like there were a couple different fan translators of it. The first one put like these paragraphs of translator notes. And I'm like, what are you doing? There was
0: like three pages of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was just it's I well, and I think it's hard too, because obviously like the you know, these are amateur translators working yeah. on yeah. it and this is obviously very because it's a gag manga, there's lots of jokes, there's lots of puns and things like that, which are hard to translate, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. And I think mm-hmm. that it struggled. If you got a you know like a professional translator on it, I think that would improve it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, let's have Stephen Paul.
1: Let's get him back in here and just real time <laughs> yeah. translate. There were a bunch of times during this where I just straight up had no idea what was being said. That car chapter, I do not understand (laughs) what happened in that (laughs) chapter at all. It was very confusing.
2: Yeah. But that's not the fault of the manga. It's not. Well, we don't know. Maybe it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But
0: shall we go into miscellaneous thoughts? Yeah. Now that we've really discussed what we've changed about, let's uh, does anyone have any little thoughts that they feel like they haven't a chance to say? My big one is that the the scene with the dog driving the car just made me think about how in Italy, when I was in Naples, I saw a dog driving a car and that was really cute.
2: Wait, what do you mean?
0: Literally, the guy was sitting in like a really tiny, like a one person car and his dog was sitting in his lap and his dog literally had his hands on the
1: steering wheel. (laughs) Oh, God. And it was like driving the car with him. And it was really cute.
2: Italy is way ahead of us.
1: Right? One time I got in a taxi in Italy and I started to put my seatbelt on. The guy turned to me. He's like, no, in Italy, we pray.
2: No, that's like... Japan, though, because Japan had really lax seatbelt laws until recently. And the first time I came to Japan in 2007, and like I got in, I was with the host family. I got in the back seats and like all the seatbelts were like covered up with blankets. And then it's like in the countryside. So like the, the roads are like only wide enough to fit one car, but two cars go on them. And there's like these hairpin curves where there's this big mirror. So you can see if someone's coming around the other side of the hairpin curve. Oh, Jesus. And it was terrifying. I was like, I might die.
0: Oh, Oh my God. So, oof. Yeah. Let's not have that happen.
2: But now they have seatbelt laws, or at least better
1: ones. Well, that's good. So another miscellaneous thought, it's not listed here, but I believe Maxi B brought up that Tagashi's first manga was running at the same time as Cyborg Grandpa G, and he pointed out, like, there's a little bit of, there might be a little bit of influence. And I see it because, like, yeah, when K becomes a delinquent, he looks like Yusuke. He's got, like, that hair and stuff. And not only that, but even when, like, you know, Cyborg Grandpa G uses his full Power or something, he transforms back into like his young self. That absolutely is a plot point in Yu Yu Hakusho, where like, you know, Genkai uses her full power and then turns back into like when her body was like in its prime, you know? Interesting. There might be more, but I can't think of them. That's fine. All right. And then does anyone ever, or shall I dive into what Maxi
0: B's thoughts are?
2: I'm just trying to think of jokes I thought was funny. <laughs> there was like a beach episode. Yeah. That they were like, he was like going to ride. He like turned the dog, like turned into a boat and he was like going to ride the dog. But then all it could do was doggy paddle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, OK, that's pretty cute. There were Yeah, there were just a, like a handful of gags that I got. Like it was like sensible chuckle yeah. every once in a while. <laughs>
1: sensible chuckle. Yeah, same. I love that Danger
0: 5 reference with the guy reading the magazine. I love that series. <laughs> I actually read a manga called Ichigoki Under Control where I wrote down every time I chuckled and I think it was like 11 times over 27 chapters.
2: It's like every once in a while this would get me like there'd be like a gag or especially just like a, a funny drawing that I was like, ah, like, ah, that's good. But
1: I'll allow it. Yeah,
2: not enough.
1: I would have liked to see this manga rely more on the visual gags. Because they're good.
2: It's Such a strong point. Yeah. Especially like when he's like drawing like his like fully detailed bodies and like expressions. But he like does really funny expressions on faces. It, it is kind of unfortunate that he does do such serious stuff now because his, his like comedy drawings are really good. Yeah. Like obviously his, his art is incredible in general, but I do think there's a bit of wasted potential in, in not having him work on comedy stuff.
0: Well, he's working on a comedy now, though. Oh, is he? He's the drawer. He's the artist for Shoha Shonen, which is based on Japanese comedy.
2: Okay. He's, a drawer. he's yes, the drawer. He's, he's artist, the drawer. He's the
0: drawer. He is the drawer. He's the drawer. It's where I store my socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, also before uh, we get into final work, let me just run off some Max thoughts. So I think if we had mentioned explicitly, this was his debut work. And as Maxby says, one of the most important artists in Shonen Jump, the fan's translation was ha- was handled by Stranga Etaru for a good bunch of these chapters. A dude who came up with the scene around when I did, giving a very dry literal translation to a lot of classic jump works that, while clumsy and hard to understand, I think we can agree with that, yep. were the best we could hope for back then. He's long since moved on to doing muscle fetish art on DeviantArt. Art living his truth.
2: Good for him. Yeah. Have
0: you, Maddie, have you heard of the Muscle Girl Cafe in Tokyo?
2: Is that the one where they slap you.
0: I know. It's just where all the waitresses are really strong. And there's like things you can pick up and you get discounts on your food if you can lift certain amounts.
2: Oh, well, I'm a wimp, so that doesn't (laughs) help.
0: Our honeymoon in March is going to be in Japan. So my friend has convinced my fiance that we're going to go there. Okay. Looking forward to that.
2: I hope it's fun. I hope you're like building up your muscle so you can get free stuff.
0: Hell yeah. Literally what keeps me training these days. <laughs> nice. And also just Magaka's Makatoto Niowano and Nobuhashi Tsuruko. I don't know. I probably butcher that. Nobuhisa tsuru- Tsuruoka, right? Tsuruoka. Tsuruoka. They cameo at least a couple of times throughout the series, the
1: former being Obito's mentor and the later being his friend. So that's very cute.
2: Were those those weird
1: drawings that showed up a couple of times and they were like, this is the manga," And I was very confused. Yeah,
2: I remember he like made fun of one of them or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just typical mangakas being bros.
1: Dude, this dude's being bros. Just guys being guys. Manga dudes being manga bros. Let's get into the final
0: So running these from the community real quick, we have from Maxie B. How about Robocrop? Is that anything? I think that's pretty good. I think that's something. Yeah. Bump up said Cyborg Grandpa G. The Super Farmer. Diego, Cyborg Grandpa, is not actually Inuyashiki, which, oh, someone messaged us about how it's like apparently that series kind of ripped off Grandpa G, but I'm not familiar with it. So unfortunately, I can't say much more about it. Dude Rock said, wish it stayed at the farm and worth trying for its art alone. Flufez said, do cyborg farmers raise cyborg sheep? Glornak said, old man Kizu augments with grace. Gray said, the future with right to repair and classic prequel to run Dehatsu Tanto. Lord Anubis said, that's where Lao's G comes from.
2: I was thinking about Lao G a lot during this.
1: Lao G's from what?
2: He's from One Piece and he's like this old man and he like does this G shape.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And he
2: also kind of has like similar kind of grandpa fart humor.
0: So could Ashley be inspired by that? Huh.
2: that's possible. Honestly, I don't think he's a cyborg, though.
0: There's so many characters in One Piece. Oh, my God. God. from Meru, grandfather, universal neutrality, different allied Numia mobile suit. Portal Man, finally, Cyborg 9 has an ending. Or did Inuyashiki rip the series off? So again, I guess okay. we'll have to check that out at some point. Yeah. Hm. Real said, I love mobile farmer G-Grandpa. <laughs> that was actually G-Gundam was the first idea we had for the cover art before we went with bad Mega Man box art. God, G-Gundam rules.
2: Oh, Inuyashiki is the anime where the guy says this is a good chapter of One Piece. Really? <laughs> That's, you know, that, that anime screenshot where it's like One Piece is really good this week.
0: Yeah, we have a guy who posts that every single week of chapter.
2: Six. Yeah, that's what that's what, from Inuyashiki. Interesting. Because oh. I just Googled it and that's all I know about it. And also the fact that it just sounds like Inuyasha. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought it was Inuyasha at first. And I was like, this doesn't seem related. Yeah. And then Spubby said, good thing. He didn't get dementia. Scott, how seed of you. No, this is not intended to be a six word summary. So skip the Well, too bad. Nah, it's too bad. I already said it. Spike, chrome dumb cyborg causes clear consternation. Spook says, do cyborg dream of electric sheep? Super Dave, all the jokes all at once. Yep. And the Yeti says, sir automation agriculture aggrandizes average antics. And then Maddie, what was your six word summary?
2: Cyborgs, kettle dicks, and saggy tits.
0: Oh, fuck. Nice. That's a really good one. Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> Let me make sure I have that one down. What was it? Cyborgs?
2: <laughs> cyborgs, Kettle Dicks, and Saggy Tits.
0: God damn. That's, 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 I got it. That's definitely giving me the conversation for Best of Swords Summary. It's really good.
2: Thank you.
1: Jordan, how about yours? Kettle Dick was so good. But no, that's not. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, that's a six, that's six words. Yeah. The Kettle Dick was so good. Holy shit. That wasn't even one of my intended ones. There you go, Jordan. My intended one was cyborg boomer ruins his family's lives. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> you could you don't even need to say the word Zoomer or you don't even, actually, you know, he's technically not a boomer. No, he's a member of the greatest generation.
2: Oh, he's a silent or.
0: Because if he was alive right now, he would be about 90 years old
2: because he was in World War Two.
1: Yeah. He's one of the greatest generation.
2: Oh, that's the one. OK. Silent
1: generation was the one before that, that nobody even yeah. gives a shit oh, about before. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: That's because, well, they're too quiet. You never know what they're doing.
1: They're just little eepy. They're
2: just quiet. And they're also dead. They're they're shy.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. And then mine was the inflatable two mana manga where I feel like it was just kind of flaying around trying to keep your attention with wacky hijinks. But I also have an honorary power word, Jordan, yeah. which is, as we talked about, Ching Dogu, which really just embodies the series.
1: Absolutely. Uh, if, if it is what you say it is, just uh, based on what little I've heard of it in this episode. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely sounds like it. Yeah. And then finally, though, this is a hard one. I actually
0: thought this episode would guide my decision. So, Maddie, do you think this series was a flop or not?
2: It's hard for me to call it a flop because there are a lot of decent things about it, but I don't see myself recommending it to anyone except the Beatle chapter. If you could just isolate that, then that's what I would recommend for people to read. But I don't, I could never see myself being like, "Ah, you should read Cyborg Dragon Pudgy. It's just like, as much as there are things I appreciate about it, I I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. So I... I guess it's a flop.
1: Maddie recommends Mora King is what I'm getting. Yes
2: manga I have just learned about 30 minutes ago.
0: <laughs> Maddie's gonna read marking right now. Well this is a five hour recording and then we'll come back.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what would you recommend someone check out instead?
2: I mean honestly like I don't know a whole lot of gag manga. I'm like if you want to read it doesn't a-
0: have to it doesn't even have to be a manga. It literally could be anything you'd like.
2: Yeah, go go on my website and read all my Metal Gear comics. They're nice. really funny. Hell yeah, no, I just. I, but for manga, just I everybody should read more Osama Tezuka. That's all I ever say every day. I'm just,
1: unfamiliar with that one, actually. What? Yeah.
2: Osamu Tezuka? What? Like Astro Boy? Blackjack?
0: Sorry, I thought that was the name of one manga in particular.
2: Oh, no, no. Like the, the, the artist that he is. I just went to a Blackjack exhibit and he like died when he was 60. He was a surgeon. He drew like 20 pages of manga a day. He is the most insane person who has ever lived. He is so talented. His stuff is so deep and thoughtful and incredible. And I just people just really need to read more of his stuff because not Hell enough yeah. people have read it.
1: Blackjack is so good.
2: Blackjack is my favorite and it is phenomenal. But and it's one thing that's nice, too, about it is it's episodic. So every story in it is done in 25 pages and then you can put it down or you can read another one. Yeah.
1: And how about you, Jordan? I wish I liked this series more, but I got to call it a flop. I really. Yeah, it's hard to get through a lot of the time. It's hard to really recommend it. The joke absolutely wears thin. Yeah, I don't see how the series could have kept going. And Yeah. I, as a recommendation, I mean, fuck it. Speaking of Tezuka, what about Astro Boy?
2: Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: You guys are vintage.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just finished reading Urasawa's Pluto. I've never read Urasawa before.
0: Pluto, it's getting an animated adaption. I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, it's like in three days. But before that, I also read the original story because I (laughs) I first read Astro Boy, like whenever Dark Horse started publishing it in like Mm -hmm. 2003. But yeah, it's cool. If you do read Pluto or the anime, I also definitely recommend checking out the original story. It's based off because, yeah, Tezuka
1: freaking rocks. Or even Mega Man, which directly influenced.
2: I'm I'm coming into your recommendations to re-recommend Tezuka.
0: (laughs) I love it. All right. I would say that this series is definitely a flop. Yeah. This was a slog. It just got old as we talked about. Maybe if the chapters were half the length. So I want to recommend. Just
2: like grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: They really sagged just like grandma.
2: <laughs>
0: so I have two recommendations. My first one is Service Wars. It's by the creator of Matama Security, which was a series we covered. And it's pretty much a shonen battle manga about people being the best people in the service industry. So like they'll be fighting each other and then he'll give them like a back massage and they're like, oh my God, he uses secret technique, the hot towel. How's he going to come back from that? He's too relaxed <laughs> now to fight back. <laughs> I like that.
2: That sounds pretty cute.
0: It's really, really stupid. My other one is Red Cat Ramen, which is essentially the spiritual successor of High School Family, which is a really good gag manga. But essentially, what if all the characters were Gomez? And it's just about a bunch of talking cats running a ramen store. And it's just really, really adorable. What's that called? red cat ramen it's not like a zootopia thing these are just cats that can talk and they're even like yeah cats can talk when they need to but if they're like have a happy family and they're not working they don't talk
2: oh that's so sweet it's really really cute i'm gonna tell
0: my girlfriend about this she would love it yeah that's why i thought particular maddie i thought you'd
2: i love cats
0: and it's about the one human who works in the ramen shop (laughs) that's
2: really cute
0: and so, though, I guess, though, since this is a normal flop, not a certified flop, I think we would say this is not the worst thing we've ever had to read in our lives. Not at all.
2: Yeah. It's just boring. A lot of yeah. it. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's just like a slog. So it's like fine. And there were some really good parts. But like 80 percent of it was just like, eh. Yeah.
0: All right, then let's go to shout outs where we can hear some great stuff from what Maddie's working on. So on that note, Maddie, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a blast. I honestly sometimes the recordings that I wish we had another hour to record, but I want to be respectful of your time. Do you mind telling people where they can get more of you on the Internet?
2: Yeah, so probably my main thing is like Twitter, which, you know, despite everything, I'm still on there. Yeah. My username is o oh, that's raspberry. That's the letter. o that's raspberry. It is a Simpsons reference. And I'm also lots of other places under that name. I am a Twitch streamer. I have a website, oh, that's raspberry.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky, YouTube. But I mostly, people know me for, I make Metal Gear comics. Great Metal I Gear comics, by the way. I a lot of them. I have made over 300 of them. I also sometimes make Resident Evil comics, Silent Hill comics, and various other video games.
0: Were you inspired, there was like a person who made these really good Persona 4 comics Back in the day.
2: I yeah, because they I know they did a bunch of Metal Gear ones, but like I only got into Metal Gear like a year and a half ago. So I remember them from like their Phoenix Wright stuff Mm -hmm. back when I was in like high school. But I was like, I never knew their Metal Gear stuff. I was just I just started playing the games and started making comics. They're
1: so good. That's awesome. They're so good. Thank you. I love your comics. Do you have a favorite comic?
2: Oh, gosh. You know, it's one of those things where sometimes like most of the time I like look at my stuff and I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. How did I do these? (laughs) Every once in a while, though, I'll look at one and it'll make me laugh a lot.
0: I love your Big Boss Himbo comics. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Peace Walker might have been one of my best eras of comics. I think that's when I really started kind of getting it. Just any of my comics where Big Boss is an idiot and cause has to deal with it. Those are those are good stuff, I think. <laughs> but yeah, and so but yeah, I'm also a Twitch streamer. So if you like watching people play video games, I'm still actually like I said, I just started Metal Gear recently, so I'm still going through it. I'm on V right now. I have a couple left over. Um nice. but yeah, I used to stream usually two to three times a week and I also stream drawn sometimes i have a youtube archive of my streams if you want to watch me play through metal gear or whatever yeah and i have patreon kofi if you like my stuff uh and like i said i'm also community manager over at grasshopper so follow grasshopper on twitter because i'm <laughs> always doing mm-hmm. stuff over there we are currently promoting our shadows of the damn dream mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah that's i think and oh yeah and i also mentioned like i'm like part of the greater One Piece podcast universe. I used to do episode artwork, but once I moved to Japan, time zones no longer allowed that. But I'm still very much in their community and I love them very much. And they're just a big old group of fantastic people doing good podcasts. So look into any any of their stuff.
0: Yeah. Jordan and I were on an episode of the One Piece podcast, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I feel like you'd love this this podcast by friend of the show, Luke, called "Domance Dawn," where they go through One Piece and recast One Piece characters with Simpsons characters.
2: Oh yeah, I I know the guy that does the art for it.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Oh
2: um, yeah, because he's in like are the, are the like the One Piece podcast like mm-hmm. staff discord and so i see his his art for it which is really funny it's kind it kind of reminds me of when they did like the whole acura and as simpsons
0: yeah barkira
2: there's like a whole yeah barkira it's like that like anything is good if you put simpsons on it yes
0: (laughs) and i heard simpsons is good again so i have to go verify that's what super Patch wolf told us
2: Oh, that's what Super Eye Patch Wolf said, but it's yes. good in a different way. So, oh, no, that's a good video. Also, watch Super Eye Patch Wolf. Let's yeah. let's go ahead and plug him too because his videos are great.
0: We've
1: been trying a
0: long time to get him on this
1: show, so I'm, I'm
0: trying to work my magic for episode one hundred, but we'll see.
2: I hope you do.
1: David basically started this podcast as a secret way to meet Super Eye Patch Wolf.
2: <laughs> to meet Super Eye Patch Wolf, that's cool. I hope it's successful.
0: That's true. It's true. My one regret is I didn't hit him up when I was living in Ireland. Uh, but that was also 10 years ago before he made any content. So that would just be just with some guy at that point. <laughs> Maybe he
2: did meet him and it just didn't like it didn't just like register.
1: <laughs> he just had normal <laughs> colored hair. No,
2: <laughs> he was just just wolf. He wasn't super eye patchy. Yeah,
0: he's <laughs> <laughs> when he had both eyes. But I also want to say props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme being a great co-host and helping with the editing.
1: Thank you, David, for all the hard work that you do on this podcast. No, no problem.
0: Props to for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Dylan West's assistance for editing. Find his podcast, AMAIContext, at AMAContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at ShonenFlopCast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, to our RLC Air podcast, or our Tumblr, Flop, which Jordan is kicking ass at running. Hell yeah. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us. To talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. You can find a link to it in our show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, so consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep it running without their support. You get a ton of awesome perks, including Jordan. What did we drop in October for our
1: patrons? We are dropping the second episode of our coverage on how to make manga, how to how to make jump the right way is the right way to make jump. Something like the I think it's the right way to make shonen jump. The right way to make jump with Joey Weiser. Yes, with our, with Emmy, with Emmy, Emmy, yeah, Emmy nominated, <laughs> with Eisner Award nominated. Yay, congratulations,
2: Joey.
0: Eisner Award nominated artist in front of the show, Joey Weiser. Joey, Ashley, Maddie. Fun fact, he created art for my wedding, which was super dope.
2: Oh, I wonder if I saw it. Did he, he might have shared. I feel like I remember him. I think drawing. he said he
0: was waiting till the wedding. It's, it's a box of animal crackers.
2: Oh, he might have mentioned it. That sounds familiar.
0: I can send you a picture if you like.
2: I would love to. Joey's amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that we had him back on. And then you could also be listening into our recordings live or listening to the warm up audio. Find out at patreon.com slash and flop. And speaking of perks, I'm going to read off our patrons real quick. All right. I want to give a big shout out. First, I want to give a shout out to our Dolphin Dad patron. The fetus knows the necessity of speed. Then moving on down to the ravioli tier where you get weekly pictures of my puppy ravioli. We have Chris, Eva, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. She, she was so brave. She normally goes to bed at nine. She stayed up till 1130 to see me when I got home and that's love and trevor Schechner moving on down to the king of the forest we have 90 z bandit stoof
1: my girlfriend
0: chad mason shell Florine, jacob andrew Galway, kirby mon marty max baker not jeff t t wolfwood a name that is written in japanese which i can't read that oh do you- i was about to say do you want to take a stab at it
2: wait, let me see if i oh wait can you paste it somewhere yeah
0: i'm gonna paste it in our chat oh my god we have somebody who can read japanese That's great
2: i hope i can read i hope i'm not gonna bear with jody
0: Jody. Oh, that's adorable. And I also want to give a big thank you to our Galactic Ball Federation officers and our King of the Forest. Maddie, I think you are our second or no, our third guest, because we also had Onidino, if you're familiar with him. Mm-mm. He is the editor for Super Eye Patches Wolves podcast.
2: Oh, wow. So you are getting closer.
0: I know. I know. I, I've, got, I've got to message him at some point. But he's Soon. a cool dude. Wasn't, that was not why we had it on. That's just like the famous thing he does. But yeah. And then I think he's also a professional translator. I'll have to double check. Oh,
2: wow. That's cool.
0: He's a really cool guy. He actually was like, next time you're in Denver, we'll hang out. I was like, "Okay, cool. (laughs) But yeah. And then Jordan, anything you want, anything else you want to toss in?
1: Uh, Yeah. First of all, Maddie, thank you for being here. Please tell Sudai said hi. Okay. And uh, yeah, check out Mission Ignition, a podcast where me and some friends watch a horrible TV show from the 90s that only I remember. And that's it. Go birds. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, go birds. All that's left now is let's go to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Temaku Cinema. This has been David. This has been Jordan.
2: This has been Maddie.
0: And you've been listening to Shonen Flop.
2: Keep on flopping, flopper.
1: Yes, Reaper, Reaper. That's what people call Anyway, (sighs) that was the best song from the second game.
2: It was just this anniversary of the second game.
1: Really? Oh, my God.
2: Happy anniversary. No more heroes, too. Yeah.
0: Aw. Happy anniversary. Suda, if you want to come on the show anytime. anytime. I don't know if Suda speaks any English. He does. We'll make does, it work. He
2: does
0: not. Okay. <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll figure it out.